Today we'll carry on to see some of the cause why it's not, we don't see the prophecy and how are we going to rectify it. Because it's not, the main thing is not to see why it's not working. But we are here to tell you the answer, how we can do it to work. It does not help to tell you why it's not working. Hallelujah. But what you need is what to do in order for that thing to work. So why is it not working? One of the reasons why prophecies are not working, we call it, we call it our way, our wrong belief, or our wrong thought, mindset, or again, the wrong words that are coming out of our mouths. So it's a mindset, our wrong beliefs, and the evil words, let me say it this way, the evil words that proceed from our mouths. I want to go to the book of Numbers. Numbers, chapter number 13. I want to read from verse, from verse 26 to 29. And then we're going to read from verse 31 to 33. Can I do the reading? Numbers. Now they departed and came back to Moses and Aaron and all the congregation of the children of Israel in the wilderness of Paran and at Kadesh. They brought back word to them and to all the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. Then they told him and said, We went to the land where you sent us. It truly flows with milk and honey. And this is its fruit. Nevertheless, the people who dwell in the land are strong. The cities are fortified and very large. Moreover, we saw the descendants of Anak there. And the Amalekites dwell in the land of the south. The Atat, the Jebusite, the Amorite dwell in the mountains. And the Canadians dwell by the sea and along the bank of the Jordan. Hallelujah. Now, let's go to 31. But the men who had gone, because Caleb and Joshua jumped in and talked to them. Let's see. Okay, let's read verse 30 so that they can understand. Let's, let's read 30 or so. Then Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and take possession, for we are well able uh, to overcome it. But the man, let's read it together, one, two, three. But the man who had gone up with him said, we are not able to go up against the people for they are stronger than we. And they gave the children of Israel a bad report of the land which they had spied out, saying, the land which we have gone as spy is a land that devours its inhabitants. And all the people whom we saw in it are men of great stature. Hmm. There we saw the giant, the descendant of Enoch, came from the giants, and we were like grasshoppers in our own. And so, 
Now, let's go to Numbers chapter number 14, verse 28. Numbers 14, 28. Numbers 14, 28. It says, Numbers 14, 28 says, So tell, say to them, as I live, says the Lord, just as you have spoken in my hearing, in my hearing, so I will do to you. The carcasses of you who have complained against me shall fall in the wilderness, all of you who were numbered according to your entire number from the 20 years old and above. Now, the people of Israel receive a prophetic word that they are going to the land of Israel, of Canaan, to possess it. Now, they received that word, and when the manifestation came, they refused. They said, it's not possible. It's not possible. Some of you do that. No, I don't, I'm not sure if this, what God told me will come to pass. It's been so long. I've been struggling all my life. You are speaking evil. You are speaking evil in the ear of the Lord because you say, I don't know, I'm struggling. I don't know what, where I'm going. I've been battling with this. I don't know what must I pray for anymore. You are speaking evil. Because God says, I will do their confession. I will do what they said. I will not do otherwise. They said, they will not make it. I will do it. They said, you said, you are struggling for long. Then you will continue to struggle. You said, you don't know what to do anymore. You will not know what to do anymore. Because these are the wrong pattern of thought and, and words that we release when we are confronted with situation. Some of you sitting here, you've been speaking death over the word that God gave you. No, it's been too long. And we went with tears in your eyes, like you are, you are sincere, complaining. Now, when you come to church and they pray, you are numb. You don't receive anything because for you, you've been in this situation for long. So you have settled in the situation. You are not prepared to move on anymore in the spirit. You sit there. And then you speak with your mind now. You don't speak with your heart anymore. So when you say, I am free, your mind say, I am free. But your heart say, you are bound. So your, 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 your state in which you are is a reflection of your thought pattern and your words. So that's why prophecy delays. Because people that receive a prophecy destroy the prophecy themselves. Look at the study of these people. They study the land. They studied it. They knew where the Amalekites were. They knew where the giants were. But they failed to see where God was. They went to the land, they never saw God. They only saw giants. Caleb and Joshua went to the same land. They didn't see the reality of a giant. They saw God. They said, if God is with us, we will destroy this giant that we saw. So, in your situation, who do you see? Tell your neighbor, who do you see? Yeah. If you see the brokenness, if you see the struggle, you will speak the struggle. 
But if you see God, you will speak God. Oh, God is bigger and God is greater than any situation that you can encounter. God is on the throne. People are sitting there. They invest in something and it feels like it's not working. Then they are discouraged. I've lost my money. I don't know anymore. Then you'll be losing that money. As a Christian, you said, God is with me. I'm not losing anything. Whatever the devil meant for evil, God is turning it for my good. That's how you speak. That's how you walk. All things are possible to the one that believes. Therefore, all things are possible unto me because I'm a believer. You know, people that are sick and say, this sickness this time will take me. It takes them. Yes. Everybody that I met that confessed that, that I don't think I will make it, they never made it. You, don't, you won't make it because you have buried yourself before you were dead. I want, you to, <laughs> I want you to change your mindset this morning. I don't have time to dwell in this for long. But I'm telling you the truth. One of the things that delays prophecy in our lives is our way of believing, our way of talking. That's a great factor. That's a great factor in our life. Our downfall. Our downfall. I've, I've experienced that in my life. I can tell you. It works. It works. It works. You need to speak and to see what God sees. Otherwise, God will do it. Not the devil. Eh? God said, I will do it. So, their death was not a function of the devil doing anything. It was God saying, I'm fulfilling the prophecy that came upon your mouth. Because you have a prophet to your own self. Your mouth has been given to you as a prophetic instrument. And so that you can make the way God has finished to work. And he has given everything inside of you. Now you need to keep it. Oh. You need to process it. You need to process it. Everything that you look for is here on earth. I'm not talking about the heavenly stuff now. I'm talking about what can make you live a life that God wants you to live is here. It's not coming from heaven, it's here. Hallelujah. I say hallelujah. When you want to pay your rent, your rent is not falling from heaven. It's here. There is no, this system of exchange is not in heaven. Actually, in heaven, there is a higher principle that buys money. Okay. You buy everything with money. Isn't that so? But what buys money? Do you understand that something buys money? Uh-huh. So, so if, if you want to prosper financially, there is a principle that buys that. It's not just God prosper me. God prosper me. That one everybody can pray. There's a type of prayer that is a prayer decree. Hmm. There's some stuff that you don't need even a key. No. Uh-uh. There's some stuff you don't need the key. You become the key. 
When the angel came in the prison in, in Act 12, did he need a key? Why did the door open? It was a key. I'm praying that God may turn you into keys. Uh-huh. I'm praying that God may turn you into keys that when you come before the... Huh. Huh. There are some doors you don't even open by key. You open by words. He said, be lifted up, all you gates. There was no key. It was a speaking that opened that gate. He said, lift it up. And the gate said, who are you? He said, it's the king of glory that is coming. You have to lift it up. Yes. I taught you about keys, but there are other dimensions that I haven't taught you. Those dimensions is not keys. Uh It's the recognition of who is coming. And who is with you walking? Peter was walking behind the angel and the door opened. And when you come to that place where your life is in sync with Christ, when you walk, Christ walks. And doors open by themselves. Let me go on. Hmm. Wrong belief. Martha, in the book of John, chapter number 11, projected the resurrection of her brother into the future. Jesus came and said to Martha, your brother will rise. Martha said, yes, I know, but in the resurrection. She has delayed the prophecy to the resurrection. Jesus said, I am the resurrection. So it's not a future thing, I am here. Jesus is saying, everything you are talking about in the future, I'm here in front of you, and I embody all those things. He said, instead of, prolonging, instead of postponing the prophecy, take it now. He said, I am the resurrection and the life. Do you believe that? Martha said, I know that everything you ask God will come to you. Jesus went and made the demonstration. There are some prophetic words in your life that no need to wait for next year. No. Some of you have delayed it. Some of you are sitting here. One day, one day, one day. And that day never comes. One day, one day, one day. No. Jesus is walking with you. He is a resurrection and life. I say he is a resurrection and life. Oh, this morning we will correct wrong mindsets. A prophecy that will happen in the future, God announced it to you as in the future. When he told them that Jesus will be born, they prophesied in the Old Testament, and they were waiting for the signs. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. One day I will get married and you are 50. What is that day? No. Say, Lord, satisfy me early. Oh, lift up your hands. Say, Lord, satisfy me early. Oh, I want you to say, Lord, satisfy me early. Yes. 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 No. You say, Abraham, God the child, when he was 99 years old, can I submit to you, you are not Abraham? You are a different person. You don't need to wait for 99 years old. Yes, 
You don't need to get the blessing just before you go to the grave. The Bible talk about the children of your youth, not the children of your old age. He said the strength of your youth. I rebuke that spirit that is keeping you until you are 50 before you merit. In the name of Jesus. I say in the name of Jesus. It's not about one day. It's about today. Uh-huh. Say today. It's a fullness. Uh-huh. We're going to receive it today. That's the reason why prophecies are not happening. We don't understand the principles of life. And we think everything falls on our lap like this. It does not happen like this. There are things that we need to position ourselves and there are ways of life. And when we do that, things line up. Because while men sleep, seed are sown. Remember the parable of Jesus? He said, was the man that planted this, if, that had a field and he planted good seed. And then one day his people went there for the harvest and they, they went there to check the field and they realized that there are other plants that are growing. And then they came to Jesus and they said, we don't know how, what happened. And the Lord said, an enemy has done this. While the man was sleeping, an enemy came and sowed wrong seed in his field. You know, sleeping is not just physical sleeping. Sleeping is also ignorance. So while you are ignorant, the enemy sows seed. And then when that harvest comes, you are confused. When man sleeps, he says, an enemy has done this. An enemy has done this. That's why I ask you in the name of the Lord Jesus, not to leave any space for a seed to be planted. You have to plant the good seed so that when the enemy comes, there is no ground anymore for him to plant anything. Check this, check, check. There is no any more ground for him to plant seed. Because like I told you, if you don't plant on your lane, something will grow anyway. Yeah. Buy a field... And say, no, I'm not planting. And go there next year, you will see bushes. So it's not, it's not because you are not planting that somebody else is not planting. And the, the art of planting also involves sometimes birds, not just the wind with the pollen and stuff. Sometimes the birds poo. Seed that birds eat, they don't digest, they poo it and it grows. And remember in Matthew 13, birds were likened to Satan. So there is something that you don't understand that are beyond your imagination. You wake up and you don't know why you behave like that. An enemy has sown the seed. Don't come to me and say, I'm born again, so I don't. Listen, that's a mistake of Christianity. These people think that there is nothing wrong that can happen because I am born again. No, it's not like that. You need to live according to God's words. It's not just a confession. It's a lifestyle. I see people in the church. No, I am a Christian. So I, Jesus has redeemed me. So because he has redeemed me, nothing wrong can happen. Who told you so? He redeemed you to live his life. 
And when you are not living his life, the seed is soon. You are quiet now. You are quiet. Hmm. Now, how to correct this? Because I don't have time. How to correct this? Number one. Number one. The first correction that you must make is to repent. Repent of the fact that you put yourself at the center. Amen? You become the center. Because when God gives you a prophetic word, it's not your word. It's God's word in you. So it's not about you. It's about him. We told you last week, it was not about the donkey. It was about the master. So sometimes we make the prophetic word too much about us and we, we, we hold on to the prophetic word instead of holding on to God. Look at Abraham. When God told him to sacrifice Isaac, do you know that Isaac was Abraham's future? Isaac was Abraham's future. God had prophesied over Abraham and said, in Isaac. So the future of Abraham was in Isaac. And God called Abraham and said, kill your future. And Abraham said, I will kill my future because I love him. Some of us, when God gives us a prophetic word, we are like, if it does not happen, we are done. He's the one that gave us that word. If this is, even if it does not happen, he has the ability to give another one that will, make, that will happen. So we are focusing so much that we become the center of the story, not God. I'm praying today that God may be the center of everything we do. Amen. The friends of Daniel understood the principle in Daniel chapter number three. They said, we will not worship another God, and our God is well able to rescue us. But even if it does not, we'll still worship him. God is the center. It's not about the prophetic word, it's about him. Ah, it's not about the word you have received, it's about him. It's about destiny, it's about his destiny in you. Hallelujah. Repent of that. And then second thing, we repent of every opportunity or every open door that we have given to Satan. Somebody say, is that possible? Yes. In the book of John chapter number 14, verse 30, John 14, 30. I want you to put it there so that we can read. Please go. I have a few minutes to go and I have many things to get to. John chapter number 14, verse 30. Please, regard of the media, just get yourself ready so that we can go quickly. Okay. He said, I will no longer talk much with you for the ruler of this world is coming and he has nothing in me. Jesus is saying, the devil is coming. There's no any other door and anything that belongs to him in me. You see, the devil goes for what belongs to him. If you live in bitterness, in anger, that belongs to Satan. So don't say because you are Christian, Satan cannot come to you. Because you have something belonging to him. You cannot get, listen, you cannot come hijack my car, put it in your yard and say, this is my yard, you don't come here. So what is my car doing there? If you steal, if you steal from me and you put it in your house, I have a right to go there and take it. And if you are too strong for me, I call the police. And they enter your property, they violate your rights, your privacy. They will go even in your bedroom. If it's in, under your bed, they will go there. Because whatever you took has opened a gap for them to enter. 
So whatever we do and belong to the devil, we give him an open door for him to walk through our lives. So when we are in bitterness, in anger, in frustration, in lack of love, these are gates that we open and the devil enters in. Then we are saying, I'm a Christian, I don't know why my life is a mess. Do you know why your life is a mess? You are giving too many avenues to sit in. Repent. Say, Lord, help me. I reject every bitterness, every frustration, every anger in the name of Jesus. I reject it. And you don't know that everything that the devil does is a suggestion for you to buy in. So if the devil knows that he cannot get to you, he will stir somebody next to you to do something to offend you. And when you buy into the offense, you have given the door to Satan. So Satan is not after your money. He's not after your business. He knows that if your business is down, you will deny God. So what he's doing is that he touches something that is dear to your heart. Because where your heart is, that, where your treasure is, that's where your heart is. So when Satan wants to look for your heart, he goes where your treasure is. Because he knows that where it is. So some of you, maybe you have gone through a divorce and you don't know why you are so hurt. The enemy was seeking an opportunity to destroy you. And then you are giving him that opportunity. Can I move on? Number two, disconnect yourself from any demonic altar that fights against you. Yes. Disconnect yourself from any demonic altar that fights against you. In the book of Judges, chapter number 25 to 26, we will not read it because of time. Judges, Judges 6, 25 to 26, Gideon went and broke all the demonic altars of his father's home. At night, when the Lord spoke to him, the Lord says, you must demolish the altars. Do you think that God couldn't save Israel, bypass those altars and save him? But God is a God of rules and laws. He knows that those, this territory has been given to demonic altars. So I will not just go and overrule them. I want first to destroy them so that they will not have a legal right on this land anymore. So God has Gideon to destroy the demonic altars. And he destroyed them and that's where the salvation of Israel came. Yes. Yes. You need to understand that. You need to understand that. And you need to understand that the one that is called the evil one, the one that is called the evil one, does not want to let you go. No, he doesn't want to let you go. Look at what happened in the book of Exodus. Exodus chapter number 8, verse, uh, Exodus chapter number 10, verse 8 to 11. Exodus 10, 8 to 11. The people of Israel were supposed to go out. And Pharaoh wouldn't let them go out. He was saying to Moses, you know what? If you want to go and worship, leave your wives and your children and let the men alone go. So, so the enemy said, I'll give you some freedom. You can be born again, but let your family to me. Moses understood, he said, no, no, it does not happen like that. It does not happen like that. And in verse 24 to 26, you will see the same repetition where Pharaoh is pleading for Moses to let something behind. Because how good it is that you go and you leave your wife and your children behind. So some of us, the devil say, I cannot touch you. Yes, you can go, but I want your family. And then you don't know why your family is struggling, why you are free. Because the enemy says, you go, but your family is mine. And Moses stood there and he said, no, that's not what the Lord says. The Lord said, we shall all come out. 
and God did something to Pharaoh. Wow. Exodus 12, 29 to 30. God did something to Pharaoh. God killed all the male child. And at night, Pharaoh called, called Moses and he said, all of you can go. I'm praying that God may do something in your life. Mark has said, baby, baby. I'm praying that God may do something in your life that will cause that devil to say, I don't need you anymore. You and your family and everything go in. Yes. Praying for that. Because what we are, the misunderstanding that we have in Christianity is that we think because I am free, my family is free. No, salvation is personal. Hallelujah. But I will show you now how you can include your family in your salvation. Yes. People don't know how to include family in salvation. And this thing, God, God recently opened my eyes on it. That you can include your family in your salvation. Let me take you to the book of Joshua, chapter number 24, verse 15. Let's read it. So we have done number one, repent. Number two, disconnect yourself from demonic altar. Number three, pledge your life to Christ. Pledge your life to Christ together with your family. So that's why we are reading Joshua chapter number 24, verse 15. Let's read it, then we're going to do the prayer. Joshua 24, 15. Okay. He said, and if it seem evil to you to serve the Lord... Choose for yourself this day whom you shall serve. Whatever the God which your fathers served that were on the other side of the river, or the gods of the Amorites in those on whose land you dwell. But as for me, somebody say, as for me and my house, it means my family, we will serve the Lord. Remember, remember, the children of Joshua didn't have a right there. They didn't speak. Joshua spoke on their behalf. He didn't consult with them. Hmm. No. Because there is a legal authority that are given to parents to take by force. Take by force the children to serve God. And listen, don't put your eyes on the process. You'll be discouraged. Because in the process, you feel like it's not working. But we sang it, we know the end results. When I was misbehaving, my father was quiet. I thought, why is this man so quiet? But I, but I understood that he prayed for me every day. He has covenanted me with God. So I had no any other choice but stand here today and declare that Jesus is good. I went away from the Lord. I did things that if I tell you, you won't believe. But as for me and my house, say, as for me and my house, we shall serve the Lord. Listen, when you are born into a family that pledged itself to the devil, Sometimes you have nothing to do with that, but when you are born, you are under that. Satanists understand that. Which doctors understood that? That's why somebody is born, and before even he can realize, they say you are a witch doctor, you have a calling. Who gave that person the calling? Question. Before that person was born, 
the womb of a mother was dedicated to which the, to ancestors. So when the person is born through the ancestral womb, when he comes, he has no any other choice but serve the ancestors. Do you know that that principle was stolen? Because God was the one that started it. Hallelujah. Look at the case of Abraham. The Bible says when Abraham was paying the tithe to Melchizedek, the Levites were in the loins of Abraham. These people were not born yet, but they are forced to pay tithe. Ah. So Abraham, when God blessed Abraham, he covenanted with Abraham, but the covenant worked for all the descendants of Abraham. So this morning, we're going to covenant with God. And that covenant will go with for all our families. Some of you, listen, people say, no, I'm a Christian. This don't work on me. But sometimes you are a Christian and you see the same apparatus that your mother has, you are having it. You are lying. You are not telling us the truth. The same cancer that your mother or your father had is coming to you. And don't you think it's just something that happens like that? No, as for me and my house, you need to disconnect yourself from those demonic altars and say, I'm not part of it anymore. Those wrong genes that infiltrated themselves into me, they need to be corrected in the name of Jesus. I say, in the name of Jesus. They need to be corrected. They need to be corrected. They need to be corrected. So we're going to do this, and then I'm going to pray. The Lord gave me. He said we need, I need, to, we need to covenant ourselves and the generation to come to the Lord. Now you are born again. This prayer is not prayer of salvation. This prayer is not just for you. This prayer will work for the people that are not even born for you. The Bible says the generation yet unborn. The generation yet unborn shall praise the Lord. So who makes them praise the Lord? The father and the mother of the family that stand in the gap and say, as for me and my house, we shall serve the Lord. We need to correct that in Christianity. Because Christians are coming to a place where they think everything happened by chance. You go to villages, they will tell you, this family, this is what happens to them. Their grandfather did this. And the children. And we say, no, because you know what? Ezekiel 18, I know Ezekiel 18 that says that, that the, 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 it will not say that uh, the, the, the father ate and the children's teeth are sour. I know that. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about you conditioning the life of those to come. By understanding. God did it with Abraham. The Bible said, Paul said to Timothy, the faith that was in your grandmother has come to you. The faith was imparted from the grandmother to him. So we're going to impart grace. I said we're going to impart grace to the generation to come. So you're going to stand up. This is something you must do seriously. With all your heart. Hallelujah. With all your heart you must do this. Hmm. Hallelujah. And I want you to repeat after me. And then after I pray. Say, Lord, as I stand, as I stand before you today, with all that I am, and all that I have, this includes myself, my children, my wife or husband, my possession, and the generation in my bloodline that will come after me. 
I pledge myself. Say it again. I pledge myself and all that I have to the Lordship of Jesus Christ and the fellowship of the Spirit as well as to the worship of the Father. I therefore disengage myself and all that I have from any other covenants, from demonic altars, and from Satan. I denounce Satan and all Listen, I denounce Satan before heaven, before earth, and I withdraw the legal rights that Satan had over my life, over the life of my children, over my husband or wife, in the name of Jesus. And I withdraw his legal rights over the generation. That will be born through my bloodline. Today, I make this covenant with Jesus before heaven and earth. And I declare that I am free. My children are free. My husband is free. My wife is free. My wealth is free. All that belong to me and the generation to come through my bloodline. In the name of Jesus, I've been freed on this day of the 5th of September, 2021. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah.